are the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello, everyone. Coming to you from a dorm room in Ohio with one light on, and it is storming outside, and we've got the nice little uh, Stephen King vibes going on over here. This is No Butts About It. I'm your host, Josh Butts. And today was huge in the NFL. All of a sudden, my phone was just blowing up. I follow just about everyone I can possibly think of who would tweet NFL news. And I was sitting in class at like 12. And honestly, I thought there was some big national tragedy. My phone was vibrating out of my pocket. It was insane. And that was because there was a man who has been a keystone component of his team for years now. He's probably the third most talked about player from the team that he was on he was traded and if you follow us on instagram i kind of said we were going to be talking about him but first let's talk about malik willis who is the liberty university quarterback and he's considered to be the best quarterback in this upcoming nfl draft he is going to be a first rounder it's just a matter of when in a class that is not considered to be a very good quarterback class. But this guy uh, goes to Liberty University, and this is not a football school. And by that I mean it's not a school that a lot of people typically think of when they think of football teams. Uh, you got Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame. All those are known for putting out NFL talent. So this is huge that this guy is getting this much attention from the type of school he's from. And not only that, it is bringing in these scouts to look at guys who may not get the chance to get looked at. And we may see some guys from Liberty who aren't being talked about get scouted or get drafted because these NFL GMs, scouts, head coaches were there and happened to see the way they play. And hopefully that will bring forth more opportunity for these guys, which is what we love. We love hearing guys getting new opportunities, especially guys who never would have gotten them before in the past. So specifically, the team that is being talked about the most with Malik Willis is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that is because... Although they did just bring in a quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, to be their starter, 
uh, Mike Tomlin, the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was seen having dinner with Malik Willis, and obviously that brought that made the news. People were writing about that, and he may also be considered the Pittsburgh Steelers' favorite for the class. A lot of people were thinking another quarterback who's in the draft named Kenny Pickett would be who Pittsburgh would go Pittsburgh would go after because he already plays for the University of Pittsburgh, but it appears that the Pittsburgh Steelers have interest in Malik Willis if he is still there when they drafted the 21st pick. They could also trade up to draft him if they don't think he'll be there, but we will have to most likely wait until draft day to see if that actually happens. Now on to the bigger story, the one that I was talking about on Instagram. Uh, go follow the Instagram, no butts underscore show, if you haven't already. And that is Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, considered pretty consistently across the board the fastest player in the NFL. And he is well respected for his speed and his receiving abilities. He has played for the Chiefs all of his career up until this point and was one of Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes' favorite uh, targets. And that was because he had the ability to just break away and make other guys just look silly on the field. The man would outrun anyone. he He tried competing against some Olympians, so obviously... He is a very fast guy, and he is considered one of the better receivers in the league because of his speed and receiving abilities. He is willing to go up for the ball and fight defenders off in order to make the big play. It says here, according to CBSSports.com, article by Brian Diardo, that he was traded for a 2022 first-round pick, so this year's draft, that'll be a number 29 overall. A 2022 second-round pick, which is number 50 overall. 2022 fourth-round pick, and it doesn't say what overall that is. And a fourth and sixth-round pick in the 2023 NFL draft. In Miami, Miami, right now it's being reported, only received Tyreek Hill. So that means that the Kansas City Chiefs valued Tyreek Hill at five draft picks. And Miami did too because they were willing to get those up. That is absolutely insane for a wide receiver and should show you how good of a player this guy is, how much of a game changer he is. It is also being reported that Hill plans to sign a four-year, $120 million extension with Miami. And that will have $72.2 million guaranteed. So nearly over half the contract guaranteed. They want this guy on the team. They want to keep him around. They believe in him. He's one of the most explosive players of the game. If you don't watch football, I recommend you look up Tyreek Hill highlights because he will show you why football is fun to watch. The guy just, he's fun, he's cocky, but he brings everything that you want onto the football field. So a lot of people are saying that this could mean the end of the Chiefs dynasty. The Chiefs have been a dynamic 
team in the last few years, specifically since 2018 when Patrick Mahomes first started for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've been to multiple AFC Conference championships since then and multiple Super Bowls and have won a single Super Bowl since then. But that being said, Tyreek Hill was a huge part of that. He was the guy who always seemed to be open. He was always able to outrun everyone. So is this the end of the Kansas City Chiefs destroying pretty much everyone else in the AFC? But we also have to keep in mind that the AFC West is going to be the hardest division to win this year. I mean, as we've talked about on the show, we've got Russell Wilson coming to the Broncos. We have Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. We have, it seems like every elite pass rusher is going to the AFC West. Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb was already there. That's the Broncos pass rush. These guys are going to be absolutely insane. Can the Chiefs still compete with these guys without their number one guy? Here's what I believe. This is my personal opinion as the things stand now. This, I am leaving it out that this is open to change as well, depending how things go, and maybe new information comes that I didn't know about at this moment. Tyreek Hill is a beast. All respect to him, and we're going to talk about what the Dolphins are going to be able to do with him here in a moment. But the Kansas City Chiefs have one of the best playmakers as a head coach in Andy Reid. And they have one of the best quarterbacks of this era in Patrick Mahomes. They also have one of, not the greatest tight end of all time, but he's definitely making a case for it. And he still has a lot of career ahead of him in Travis Kelsey. The unique thing about the Kansas City offense is that Travis Kelsey is their primary receiver. Tyreek Hill had a lot of receiving yards, but Travis Kelsey was the guy that you needed to guard because he would make you look silly, and he played like a wide receiver as a tight end, which means he's way bigger than any of the other receivers. That being said, they also have Juju Smith-Schuster, who was picked up in free agency after the Pittsburgh Steelers did not re-sign him. Now, I've said for a long time, that Juju can't be a wide receiver one. We saw that when Antonio Brown left the Steelers, and Juju was never really able to fight in double coverage. And people are saying, okay, the Chiefs aren't going to be able to win now because Juju can't be the wide receiver one they need him to be, and McCall Hardman can't be the wide receiver one they need him to be. They don't need to be. Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy who pulls all of the defenders off of those guys. They're going to have to double-team Travis Kelsey. And if they choose to double-team Juju, then that means Travis Kelsey is going to be open or one of the other guys is going to be open. The, I think that this is a beautiful move because Juju is a very good wide receiver, too. He's a high-end wide receiver, too, low-end wide receiver, one. And he's now in an offense where he doesn't even need to be the wide receiver, one, because the tight end is so dominant on the field, and they have a decent run game, and the quarterback can move like crazy. I think that the Chiefs are going to be just fine, and that their primary issue that they need to focus on is in the secondary. This is where they struggled a lot last year. Quarterbacks who were able to throw the ball when given enough time and throw it deep just blew out the Chiefs. They're not really blew out, but they 
definitely if you were like watching the game from an analytical perspective, there was a lot of deep passes. And it seemed like the Chiefs weren't able to stop those deep passes. And on top of that, they just decided that they were moving on from Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, who was considered one of the better tight ends in the league, and he's still considered a decent pickup, even though he's a bit older now. They signed Justin Reed from Houston, so we'll have to see how he works in on the defense. But I think that you're going to need to really beef up that secondary, work on better defending your receivers so that your offense doesn't have to go up and put go out and put up 40 points. Your offense shouldn't need to put up 40 points in order for you to win. That's the defense's job to make the job easier for your offense. And they work back and forth because of that. So I think that will be where the Chiefs primarily struggle. It won't be on the offensive side of the ball. It'll be on the defense. They struggled a bit with their offensive line near the end of the year. But with Creed Humphrey and a few other additions, I think that they are going to be just fine, just like they came off last year with a strong offensive line. I don't think that losing Tyreek Hill is going to be as big of an issue for the Chiefs as people are making it out to be. I just think that they're going to need to play a different game scheme because there are things you can do with a guy like Tyreek Hill that you can't do with Juju Smith-Schuster simply because of the speed and size that the two have. And that's not something they can control. That's just a lot of biological things kind of working. And with the Miami Dolphins, we have... The Dolphins, who obviously have the addition of Tyreek Hill, like we talked about earlier, but they've also been making some moves in some other places. They signed Chase Edmonds from the Arizona Cardinals, and they brought in Raheem Mostert, two very fast running backs. That will definitely help bring a more dynamic game into Miami. Uh, they also franchise tagged their tight end, Mike Gusecki. And if you were watching the NFL last year, you definitely heard about the rookie wide receiver who Tua Tagovailoa played with in college, which was Jalen Waddell. And all of these guys are very fast already. Very fun offense to watch, I believe. So just to show you how fast these guys are, we are going to go through their combine times. So Tyreek Hill, the newest edition, had a 4.2940 time. Jalen Waddell ran a 4.37. The tight end, Mike Kosecki, ran a 4.54. And Chase Edmonds ran a 4.55. And Raheem Mostert ran a 4.34, 40 time, which is crazy to think about how fast all these guys are on the field it is going to be interesting considering the division that they are in I believe that they can make some big steps out of the three what I would consider to be the main quarterbacks from the 2020 draft class being Joe Burrow who's with the Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year Justin Herbert who won rookie of the year in 2020 uh and then Tua Tagovailoa. I think those three had the most uh, potential. And Tua is really the only one who has struggled so far. 
this is really going to be the ultimate test as to whether he can live up to what everyone thought he was going to be. Back in 2019, the phrase was that the Dolphins were tanking for Tua. He was the guy that they wanted. And he was the guy that they got. So we're going to have to see if they can live up, if he can live up to the hype that has been long anticipated. The important thing to remember, though, is it's not like just the Dolphins doing better is enough to get them into the playoffs. They are in a division with who is the current AFC East favorite to win, obviously, and also the current uh, Super Bowl champion favorite, which is the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills have been the favorites for a few years. Very dynamic offense, very dynamic defense. They were number one in pretty much every defensive category last year, and they added to it with the addition of Von Miller, as we talked about last week. But they've struggled in the playoffs. I believe the Chiefs have taken them out both times. They took them out last year in the divisional, or this past year in the divisional, and then again the year before in the AFC Conference Championship. So look for the Bills to definitely be ready to make a move. Josh Allen has shown a lot of improvement since his 2018 rookie year, and I think that they are going to want to make a run. But the Dolphins are going to make a strong case for second in the East and going to be chasing after that wild card spot. With the AFC East being the Patriots, Chiefs, or not Chiefs, Patriots, Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, obviously. So the Patriots made the wild card last year where they were eliminated by the Bills. And they have a second-year quarterback coming up. Last year, last season was his rookie season, Mac Jones. And so they're in the middle of a slight rebuild. I don't want to say a complete rebuild, but they aren't where they were when they had Tom Brady, obviously. But very good coach. Possibly the greatest head coach of all time in Bill Belichick. So even if... They, he doesn't have the guys. He's definitely going to find a way to win like he always does. My main concern for the Patriots is that they don't seem to have receivers. They have a turnstile type of run offense, though, where they are running three different running backs out of the backfield. So that will hopefully help out Mac Jones. They do have great tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. That will help Mac Jones, but I'm not really sure if they have those good primary receivers that they need to win the playoff games. The Jets, on the other hand, are most likely still going to finish last in the division, as they have the past couple of years. However, I don't think that they're going to be the laughing stock of the division that they have been. I just think that they're not quite there to compete yet. Um, they have a very young quarterback, same class as Jones, Zach Wilson. He was the number two overall pick. Uh, showed some improvement last year as the year went on, but in my opinion, he made some throws that were very questionable, which shows he either doesn't trust his offensive line or just isn't a good decision maker. Of course, that's how all rookie quarterbacks are for the most part. And 
Uh, it comes with learning the new style of the game in the NFL as compared to college. And I think that Zach Wilson did show improvement, and he'll be able to play better. The Jets did help Zach Wilson out with additions such as uh, CJ Uzama, and I think that those additions are going to make them a com more competitive team in the East. However, I don't think they're there yet to the point where they're going to be competing for a playoff spot along with the Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills. But it's the NFL. I'm telling you, this league is crazy. I mean, we're talking, just as an example, Bengals last year went 4-11-1 and and had the fifth overall pick, were not expected to do anything. And somehow they made it to the Super Bowl, where they did end up losing. But it is insane to say that a 4-11-1 team went from the fifth worst team in the league to being the second best team in the league. And beating the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs in order to get there. So that's really all that's going on in the NFL up to this point. That's all the big stories. Uh, so I wanted to just talk about the podcast, where we're at so far. And we have reached 11 regular listeners. So I'd like to thank everyone who has been listening and following along with me in the NFL. Um, not only that, we have also gone international, apparently. Uh, it actually does tell me who like the top five listeners are. Not, not like their identification, but where they're located as far as uh, either major city or country, depending on the location. And currently, one of the top five listeners is in Brussels, which is insane to me because for the most part, uh, football, American football, it's called American football, is considered to be a American sport. Now, the NFL has been branching out more. Uh, there will be a game in Germany this year, but I just wanted to give a shout out to that listener in Brussels and thank them so much for listening to the show. Uh, hopefully they are enjoying everything that's going on and they're learning from the show. If you are the fan in Brussels, uh, please follow us on Instagram, nobuts underscore show, and message us to see what questions or to ask what questions you have about football so that we could explain that to you as you continue to listen and learn more about American football as it spreads throughout the world. And you can follow along with uh, the sport that I so dearly love and so many Americans dearly love and listen to those stories. A couple of other stats that I want to run by you guys that I think are pretty crazy. We have a distribution finally which means uh it's not only on spotify but it actually like comes up when you search it without searching the uh full name of the show so like before you had to type in no buts about it uh a football podcast for the average fan i believe at least that's what i was told you had to type in and it was getting kind of annoying because there were some other shows now, if you type in no buts about it, it usually comes up. It's one of the first things to pop up. So Spotify is helping us out a little bit by pr not promoting the show. It's not a financial promotion. I'm not sponsored by Spotify. 
but just the way the algorithm is working, enough people are listening that it is being suggested. And uh, it is estimated that each show has an average of eight listeners per show per day, which is great considering that I started this last week. And my end goal for the year is to have about 50 regular listeners per show, per day. So um, we're about 20% of the way there, I believe. I'm bad at math, so that could be completely off. There are people smarter than me out there who are better at math, and if they want to let me know that that was wrong, that'd be great. Uh, so yeah, that's the goal of the show. Um, I believe this week is going to be our first, what I'm calling Faith Friday. We are going to be talking about um, a player who is very well known in NFL circles, but isn't necessarily talked about a lot outside of it. His name is Justin Tucker, and he is from the Baltimore Ravens. He's considered one of the best kickers in NFL history. And he has a very uh, unique faith life, very interesting faith life. I am very excited to talk about it. He is one of my favorite players to learn about. It seems like every time I read about him, he has a new talent or a new hobby that he's working on. Uh, he's someone who I'd love to have on the show sometime if he would let me. But right now we're just going to kind of be doing like a biography type thing where we talk about him and what he's done in the NFL, any charities he's associated with, and how his faith has helped him in the league based on what he's said so far. So if you uh, are interested in that, that should be Friday's show. Uh, we will also continue to update you on any NFL free agency news, but we'll do about 10 minutes of news and then probably do about 20 minutes of just talking about Justin Tucker. And I think that'll be really good. I want to make that a regular thing on Fridays, talking about players, hopefully eventually having players on the show to talk with and answer questions so then we can kind of uh, unite those circles of faith and football, which is the goal of this show. I uh, am all out of things to say, to be honest. So uh, thanks for listening. Again, go follow us on Instagram, no buts underscore show. I'm going to Continue to try and post a bit more there, but that's where I will be posting all updates as to when I'm posting shows, when I'm going to be have to postpone shows due to the events of life. So again, that's no buts underscore show on Instagram. Thank you.